0: Welcome to the Calvary Youth Podcast, where you will find the latest teachings from our Thursday youth nights and more. All right, Galatians chapter 1, let's read. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me, to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm astonished or I'm marveled that you are so quickly deserting or turning from him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. Everyone say gospel. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed, As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be a curse. Write this down if you have a Bible. Underline this verse, verse 10. It says, For I am now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Lord, I I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your grace. We thank you, Lord, that you have divinely intervened in our lives, that you have saved us, that you have rescued us, that you've delivered us. Father, I pray if there's anyone in this room tonight at the sound of my voice, Lord, that does not know you, that does not have a personal relationship with you, but is living in a religion that is just following a set of rules and doesn't know your heart, God, I pray that tonight they would encounter you. That tonight, Lord, everything would change. That tonight, Jesus, you, by your love and your grace, would awaken, Lord, their dried up soul. And Father, I pray, Lord, for your church, for your children, for those who know you and love you and have decided to follow you. I pray, God, that they would set their hearts not to turn from you. God, I pray that today they would be reminded of how good your grace is, Lord, that they would begin to understand, Lord, that your grace sustains us and keeps us, Lord, and is a power to help us in every time of need. Father, I pray that they would so encounter you by the Holy Spirit Lord, that you would set a fire down deep in their soul, Lord, to follow you with everything that they have. And in Jesus' name, your kids said, amen. Amen. How many times has someone come up to you before and said exactly what I said earlier? How many times has someone come up and say, I've got good news and bad news? Which one do you want to hear first? How many of you have heard that? How many of you have ever had someone share the good news only to have the bad news outweigh the good news? It's like, hey, I've got good news, I've got bad news. They share the good news, then they share the bad news, and now the good news isn't that good anymore. You guys know what I'm talking about? So this like, since I moved here, I have been really searching for a soft top surfboard. You guys know what a soft top surfboard is? Those of you that were at the summer nights, the beach days, you saw me probably riding a soft top surfboard. They're really easy for believers, or believers, new <laughs> new beginners, and believers, beginners, not believers, new beginners, they're really easy um, for, for people that don't know how to surf, they're easy to beat up, they're easy to catch waves when the waves are small. I've got a daughter named Presley, she's two years old, she's already kind of getting into surfing, so man, a soft top surfboard would be absolutely perfect for her to learn how to surf. So I've been been looking. I've been looking at high and low, and I finally found one I wanted. It's called an almond surfboard. They have this new high-tech quality where, where it's like it's like, it's like like a good surfboard, but it's a soft top surfboard at the same time. It's like best of both worlds. So I've been looking all over for one, and I found one on um, OfferUp. How many of you guys know what OfferUp is? Are you guys too young for that? Okay, shout out to OfferUp. It's epic. You can actually like, you can, I don't know how I did it, but you know, you're like searching for someone, and they ding you every time that someone uploads something in that category. So I get these dings on my phone. I get these notifications. I get these messages that, man, there's one of the surfboards I'm looking for. It's like this good news pops up on my phone and then I click it and I'm not kidding you. Within seconds, the thing's already sold. It's like, man, the good news, there it is. There's the surfboard I'm looking for. And then boom, I click on it. I look and it's already been sold and I haven't been able to get one yet. The point is this, is how often do we hear good news that's followed by bad news and the bad news outweighs the good news. You get this excitement of joy. Hey, there's the surfboard I'm looking for. And it's followed by this big sigh of disappointment, exactly what was happening to the churches of Galatia. In fact, these people, they so encountered the message of the gospel. Everyone say gospel. The gospel is good news. And they heard the good news. They heard that there was a God that loved them so much he left heaven to come to earth to die on a cross for their sins so that they could be forgiven and restored in relationship with God so that they could experience peace, so that they could experience right relationship with God, so that they could know the purpose in which they were placed here on earth. Man, they heard the news of the gospel that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. They heard the gospel and it was this notification, it was this message that brought joy to to their hearts, but something happened. The good news was followed by bad news. After this guy, Paul, came and he preached the gospel, and they heard it, and they began to follow him, these group of people called Judaizers, they came into the city, and they came up, and they said, hey, You hear about that guy, Paul, and this Jesus talk? Yeah, we we heard of him. We know about him, actually. We saw Jesus. We know about Jesus. And it's true. It's true. You know, Jesus is great. And and, uh, he did rise from the grave. He is alive today. But the thing is, the thing is, if you really want To have a relationship with God. If you really want to know Jesus, then you need to follow all of these rules, then you need to do all of these rituals, you need to do all of these regulations. And they began to add things to the gospel. And you know what happened? instantly this news came in and it took away from the good news. In fact, it wasn't good news that these guys, the Judaizers, were sharing it all. It was bad news. These guys were saying that in order to stay in a right relationship with God, you had to follow X, Y, and Z. And you see, this is the thing. You guys are church kids. How many of you guys have grown up in church a bit? You guys know Jesus, you guys know the gospel, you guys have heard the good news, but you know the same temptation happens to us. We begin to walk with Jesus, we decide to follow Jesus, and then someone comes in, they say, hey, you know what? And really to step up your game, to really get to become a Christian 2.0, to become a super Christian, a super saint, to really experience God and stay in a right relationship with him. You need to get up at 4 a.m. in the morning. You need to pray for two hours. You need to do it on your knees with your nose on the floor. Then, if you fall asleep, God might strike you down with lightning. You have to make sure you read the Bible every single day. Or else, or else, God is upstairs, wherever that is, with his finger pointed at you, looking very, very mad at you. People come along, and they begin to add things to what the gospel is. And you know what, it turns into bad news because it gets to the point where you're like, man, in order to be a Christian, in order to stay in this relationship with God, man, I got to do a lot of things. What happens is as as time goes on, we can fall back into this religion idea of what it means to have a relationship with God. We begin to put the emphasis on what we need to do rather than what God has already done. And that was what was happening in the church of Galatia or the churches. And so we see the gospel is outlined there in verses three through four, and it truly is good news. The gospel is good news. Check out verses three, through 5 again. It says this. It says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave. Everyone say gave. He gave himself. Did he have to? He gave himself. It was a gift for our sins because our sin has separated us from God. It separated us from having a relationship with him. It separated us from the only source of life, peace, joy, purpose, meaning. Our sin separated us from God. And so what happened is God gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of God our Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever, amen. This is the good news. The good news is that our relationship with God is based on what Jesus has done. And he has given himself for us. You see the good news or the gospel, it really is that good. And as we go on, there's a temptation to believe that the gospel isn't that good. To think, oh, you know, that's just kind of normal news, average news, not so good news. And that's what the temptation was for the Galatians. To think, oh, this is just no big deal, no biggie, I've heard it before. But no, this is the greatest news the world has ever seen that we could be rescued, that we could be delivered, that we could have a relationship with God. And it's not based on what we do. It is based on the reality that God has given himself for us while we were yet sinners. I've shared it with you before. My favorite verse of all time, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. It was while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It wasn't on our best day. It was on our worst day. It's when God gave himself to us. We, un, we did not deserve and we could not earn this love, this rescuing, this grace that God has given. It is that good. And if I could do a little equation for you, I know you guys don't like school, uh, but it's very simple. It's this, the gospel equals Jesus. The gospel equals what? Who? Jesus. The gospel equals Jesus. It's really that simple. Jesus, the person of Jesus. Who's Jesus? Jesus is God in human flesh. Who's Jesus? What did Jesus do? He left heaven and came to earth for us. Who is Jesus today? He's alive today. The gospel is as simple as equaling Jesus. But what the temptation was here is that these Judaizers, they were coming and they were changing the equation. Rather than Jesus equals the gospel, they were doing Jesus plus fill in the blank equals the gospel. They were saying Jesus plus rules equals the gospel. Jesus plus regulations equals the gospel. Jesus plus rituals equals the gospel. And we do the same thing. We say Jesus plus church equals the gospel or right relationship with God. We say, Jesus plus reading our Bible and doing all these things and everything on our merit is equaling the gospel. And Paul's coming along and he's saying, no, 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 no. The gospel is good news. It is all about Jesus. It is all about the one who is good. It is that simple. It is good news. So notice what he says to them from verses six through nine. We see that the gospel is good news because it is a gospel of grace. Or in other words, there is no good news without grace. Grace is what makes the gospel good news. And if you haven't heard this acronym before, this is an acronym for grace. It's God's riches at Christ's expense. Say it with me. God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace. The gospel is good news because it is a gospel of grace. It is grace that makes the gospel good. This is why Paul says in verse 6, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called in you the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel, not that there is a different gospel. And so the gospel, what makes it good, it is this thing called grace that we can deserve, that we do not earn our way into relationship with God, but that God gave himself To us, so that we could have a relationship with Him. It is such good news that Paul is using strong language here. He's saying, I'm astonished that you would leave such good news. God's message, the gospel, grace is so good. I am just marveled. I'm astonished. My breath is taken away that you would turn from such an incredible message. It is so good. Why? Because this is the thing. Grace is what makes the message of the gospel different than any other message on this planet or in all of the quarters of history. Grace is what makes it different. You see, every single religion, every single idea, every single way of thinking says that you need to do more, that you need to try harder, and that you need to be better. Have you ever heard those things before? Have you ever heard that you need to do more, that you need to try harder, that you need to be better? This is what every religion, this is what every idea, this is what every way of thinking says you need to do more, you need to try harder, and you need to be better in order to work your way up to God. In other words, they say it like this. It's like this great big mountain to climb. And man, God's at the top of that mountain and you got to climb up. And you got to try harder. And man when you fall, you got to big big get back up. And you got to keep going. And you got to keep going and maybe just maybe if you make it up to the top, that's where God is. But this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, "Hey, Actually, you can't do that. Actually, the mountain's too steep. Actually, the mountain's too high. In fact, if you actually made it to the top of the mountain, God wouldn't even be there because you're not good enough for God. If you got to the top of the mountain, you would see that there's another mountain behind it. And that's where God is. And the only way to get from this mountain to that mountain is to make this infinite chasm between the two. And you're like, there's no way I could make it. To God. But this is what religion says. You need to try harder. You need to do more. You need to be better. And so we try and we try and we try and we try and we're crushed under the weight. And and some of us try so hard and we feel like we get there and we're like, man, I'm doing so good. But where's God? The reality is, is there's this chasm that you will never be able to cross. And so what grace says, grace says is no, you can try, but you're not going to be able to make it. You can be better, but you won't be good enough. You can do more, but you'll never be able to do enough for God. And so what grace says is that God left his mountain, that he bridged that infinite chasm to come to your mountain, and he came down that mountain to pick you up and to bring you to his mountain. In other words, what God did is he left heaven to come down to this world, The Bible says that he sympathizes with our weaknesses because he's been tempted in all ways we have, yet without sin. He knows your struggles. He knows your doubts. He knows your frustrations. This is what makes our God so different. It's because he's walked in your shoes before. He understands. He gets it. And man, he bridged that gap and he came down to you. You don't need to work your way up to God. God has worked his way to you. And he went to the cross where he willingly gave everything. Grace, God's riches, Christ. He gave his expense. He gave, God gave everything. The most valuable person in all of history. He shed his blood for you so that you could have life so that you could have a relationship with him. Man, this is grace. This is the good news. This is what makes this. It's not average news. Man, it is good news. And grace is what makes it good. John chapter 6, verse 29, a group of people were coming to Jesus and they say, what must we do to get into the kingdom of heaven? What is the work of God? And Jesus says, the work of God is to believe in him who has been sent. That is all that Jesus requires for us. Our work, the only thing that we have to do is to respond to God in belief. It's called faith. By grace through faith, we are saved. And the same grace that saves us is the grace that keeps us going through life. We never graduate from God's grace. But this is what the Galatians had done. They graduated from it. They moved on from it. And they were going back to just living a life where all they thought it was to follow Jesus was to follow rules and regulations. And guess what? Their relationship with Jesus, it became weak. In fact, Paul goes on to say, it would be better if you were a curse. And that word means that you should be in hell. It's that lethal. It is that poisonous to our relationship with God, rather than resting in God's love, they were living according to God's law. And they did not realize that what Jesus has done, is he had fulfilled the law so that they could be set free from the rules and regulations and that they could live freely in a relationship with Jesus. And so the gospel is good news. And man, it is grace that makes the gospel good. In fact, there's no good news. There is no gospel without grace. And when we truly experience the gospel, when we truly experience what God has done for us, it will change the way that we live. Check it out there in verses 9 and 10 or 10. It says, for now, am I seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So follow this with me. Paul is this guy, and in fact, when he came to the this area of Galatia, he came to this group in this area where he began to preach the gospel. Man, these people heard him and they responded to him in this incredible way. They they believed actually that he was God. They, they talked to Paul and his co-labor Barnabas and referred to them as Zeus and Hermes or Hermes and Zeus. And man, they tried to get down and worship them. And later that day, in fact, these Judaizers came in and said, hey, 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 these aren't the guys that you're looking for. And by the end of the day, the same group, That tried to worship them was trying to kill them. Now, this is intense. What does this tell us about Paul? Paul's referring to this here. He says, I'm not living for the approval of man, I'm living from the approval of God. And there's a big difference there because this is the thing if you live by the crowd, you'll die by the crowd. If you're living for the approval of man, you will die from the approval of man. Listen, if you haven't figured it out, there's a lot of people that don't like you. Did you know that? Yeah, if you haven't figured it out, there's a lot of people that don't like you. It took me time to figure this out. I thought I was a pretty likable guy. And you know what, time will tell that there are people that you, it doesn't matter how hard you try, they're never going to like you. Nope. But this is what we do. We try to live for the approval of man. We try to live for the approval of others. In fact, I see this with girls a lot. Girls are funny. Yeah, girls, you girls are great. You're cute little things, but this is the thing. You know what's funny Sometimes my wife, she'll do her makeup and her hair and stuff to go hang out with other girls. And if we go hang out, she doesn't do those things. Like, she's she just like, where's well, her hangout clothes? Like, her lounging clothes. And so she, she gets all dressed up for other people. It's cute. It's whatever, babe. I'm not trying to put you on blast or nothing. But it's real funny is that, that sometimes we, we live for the approval of others, so you girls get yourself ready, certainly for that guy you're interested to, but sometimes you try to prove yourselves to your girlfriends. Guys, you do this too. You say funny things like you, you go up to the group of guys, you're like, man, I worked so hard today. I helped my dad mow the lawn. Aren't I a man? Oh, dude. You're like a high school, you're like, I benched this much. And you try to prove yourself to other guys. You go and surfers are hilarious. Dude, I got so barreled out there today. Or, dude, did you see that Ollie I did? Skaters. And it's like they were like this high off the floor. Or the barrel was like everything was out of the barrel except their head. But we live for the approval of others. Instagram. We put up these fake faces for those of you that have Instagram. We live for the likes. You live for to get noticed by others. Man, believe your guys' this generation, our generations, they, they experience this the most. We're constantly looking for affirmation and for approval from other people. Maybe it's even your parents. Mom, dad, you know, you start talking a different way, or you dress a different way around your parents, or or maybe you act up to get their attention. You're trying to seek affirmation and approval, but guess what? It's not a fun way to live, and in fact, this performance-based mentality, seeking the approval of others, the Galatians were now doing this in their relationship with God. God, look how awesome I am. I had cut out a lot of things from my life, the Galatians did. They did some weird stuff to try to prove themselves to God. We do the same thing, God. God, look, look at me. Look, I went to church this day and this day and this day. And we begin to treat God like a genie. Genie, God, I did all these things for you. When are you gonna answer my prayers? When are you gonna start to do things for me, God? We get all mad. God, come on, God, I went to church. I prayed, I read my Bible. I didn't class for three hours. Little junior hires. And we try to prove ourselves to God. And then we get all bummed out because God's not doing anything in our life. And the thing is, is this, we've fallen from grace. We've turned our back from grace. And you know what Paul says? Check that out there in verse 6. He says this, I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting him. Everyone say him. Who called you in the grace of Christ. What Paul is saying is if you're deserting grace, then you're deserting him. Who you're deserting? Jesus. When we turn our back on what Jesus has done and we focus too much on what we are doing for God, man, we're actually turning our back from him because all our focus is on ourselves. And so Paul is saying this. Paul is saying, listen, the gospel is good news. I'm astonished that you'd be turning from it. I'm astonished that you'd be turning from God's love that he has for you. I'm astonished that you'd be turning for what he's done for you. And he's saying, man, the gospel is good news because grace makes it good. It's different than any other message that's ever been preached in the history of the world. He's saying this now, because the gospel is so good, it should change and it should determine the way that you live. If the gospel has hit the core of your heart, it's to determine the way that you live. And it should mean that you realize that you do not have to prove yourselves to man or to God anymore. Because the Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6. It says that we are accepted in the beloved. Say that with me. Accepted in the beloved. Accepted in the beloved. What the Bible teaches is because of what Jesus has done, you have been placed in Christ. And as being placed in Christ, you are now working or living from a place of approved by God. You're approved by Him. You ever seen like packaging before? It says approved by it. There's a stamp on it. It says it's, it's gone through. It's gone through the checking process and God's checking process to see whether we're good or were we bad is whether or not we've been washed in the blood of Jesus. And if we've been washed in the blood of Jesus, if we believed on him in which God has sent, if we believe in Jesus, then we've been stamped in God's approval. And so now we don't have to live for approval. We live from approval. Now we're set free. We're set free in our relationship with God. We're set free from sin. We're set free from law keeping. And we are made alive to live freely in relationship with God. And now, because we've already been approved, we will desire to obey him. We will desire to live for him. We will desire to walk with him. So friends, listen. As we close, I'm going to invite the band to come back up. And as we sing this song, I want you to understand that you don't have to work for the approval of others anymore. Maybe that's a weight for you. Maybe maybe that's a weight on your shoulders that you've been carrying. You spend minutes or hours in front of the mirror checking yourself out. Trying to figure out whether or not, hey, are they going to notice what I did in my hair? Are they going to notice my outfit? You're an outfit changer like 10 times before you go out. You're like, oh, this one's not good. This one's not good. This one's not good. Listen, I've been there. Sometimes I do it still. It's true. But you have to understand this. Is that we don't have to live for the approval of men any longer. We don't have to live for the approval of God God's not impressed by what we do. We don't need to work our way up to him or work our way to the approval of any person. We work and live from a place of approved by God. And listen, the good news is that good. God's grace is that good. God's grace is so good, it is able to change the very soul of man. And so I'm going to pray here in a minute. And I want to give you an opportunity. If you've never responded to the grace of God before, if you've never responded to the good news of Jesus, tonight God's hand is reaching out to you. If you were bought by a friend and you're like, man, I didn't know this about God. I didn't know that he loved me even at my worst. Yes, even at your worst, even when you can't stand yourself, God loves you and he proved it upon the cross. And at the cross there, he died for you because your sin demanded death. So he gave his life so that you could experience life and life more abundant. If you're hopeless, if you're depressed, if you've been suicidal, listen, the answer is found in the person of Jesus. He is alive. He has a plan for you and he's reaching his hand out to you. And so if you've never responded to God's grace, we're going to give you an opportunity to do so right now. Thanks for listening to the Calvary Youth Podcast. If this impacted you, share with a friend. Give us a five-star rating or leave us a review. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Message us on Instagram at calvaryvista.youth to let us know how God is using Calvary Youth in your life. We'll see you next time on the Calvary Youth Podcast.